I imagine that right now you're feeling a bit like Alice. Tumbling down the rabbit hole? Hmm? I can see it in your eyes. I'm trying to free your mind, Neo. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Remember, all I'm offering is the truth. I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! What truth? You say you that you are a slave, Neo. Trying to understand this! 20-year-olds fall in and out of love more often than they change their oil filters, which they should do more often. I didn't see the light until I was already a man. You have to let it all go, Neo. Fear, doubt, disbelief. Free your mind. It doesn't matter who we are. No one cared who I was till I put on the mask. How do you define real? You stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. After this, there is no turning back. Are we clear? Crystal. Welcome to Third Degree Mind Podcast. Uh, last time I introduced this thing that I called Built Up Syndrome, and I titled the episode as Part 1. So this is going to be a new series that I want to explore more in depth on that specific topic, kind of a continuation from last time. But I I am going to pause that series for now. We're not, we're not going to go uh, in depth with that today, but we will come back to that. Uh, but like I said, we're going to pause that for now because I really want to spend some time talking about what's been going on in our world uh, over these last few days. So welcome to the show. Thanks for being here and listening today, even during these apocalyptic times that we're all living in. I've gone to the grocery store a couple times in the last week. Every time I go, it's quite an unprecedented experience that shows me the magnitude of the times that we're living in right now. It's unheard of to have to go to stand outside of a grocery store for like 45 minutes before even being let into the store. And then once you do get inside, seeing those empty shelves everywhere is incredible. People running around, pushing their carts, trying to grab whatever they can, hoping that what they need is actually in stock today. Maybe there were eggs there yesterday, but not today. Many times people are probably like me and have to go every morning when the store opens, hoping to find uh, something, you know, eggs, toilet paper, bread, meat products, something that they need to get their hands on. It's, It's really quite something. I've been trying to get eggs every day for the last three days. I go when the store opens, and I hope that they have some. They get shipments every day, but it's just a matter of what's left by the time I actually get into the store. I finally got bread yesterday for the first time in about a week, but it was limited to only one per household. So by the end of the week, I'll have to go back and do that again to try to get another loaf of bread. It's really some unique and unprecedented times that we're all living in. Everything here in Nevada shut down last week, so basically 
Everything except for gas stations, grocery stores, and medical facilities shut their doors for 30 days. Or at least 30 days. 30 days was the original plan. We'll have to see what the world looks like uh, in a month. That announcement from our governor here in Nevada, Steve Sisolak, was made on Tuesday night that everything had to be closed by Wednesday at noon. So Wednesday morning, I had to go get my haircut and had to get there by noon because I won't have a chance to get a haircut for at least the next month. That's so unusual, and it's no surprise that some people are looking at this like this is the end of the world, this is apocalyptic. Now, I don't think this thing will be the end of humanity, but I do know that life as we know it has completely changed for at least the next month or so. I think the thing that scares most people here is that, okay, this is what life will be for the next month, but we don't know what the situation is going to be in a month. There's a lot of unknowns there. Come mid-April, if this is still an uncontrolled pandemic... We're looking at this new lifestyle continuing into the foreseeable future. People are losing their jobs. You know, 80% of the nation's economy came to a sudden standstill. And people have been talking about whether or not these extreme measures are really necessary. I've heard people comparing this to the flu and a few other pandemics that we've had in the past, like uh, H1N1 swine flu a few years ago. But whether we think this response and these actions are warranted or not, one key difference here is our modern lifetimes, we've never seen anything like this. As you probably know, I live out here in Las Vegas, and I can tell you that living here, of all places, to have every casino and hotel shut down indefinitely... Every bar and restaurant closed. That's completely new. This city has never seen that. And like I said, Las Vegas of all places, the entertainment capital of the world. To have the Las Vegas Strip be a ghost town. This is the first time any of us have ever seen anything like this. Whether it's warranted or not, it's happening. And it's crippling our economy and our way of life. I watched my retirement portfolio, which is primarily stocks, tumble like I've never seen before. Never seen it before like that, including during the 2008 financial crisis. The Dow Jones has lost something like 35% of its value in the last few weeks. In 1929, leading up to the Great Depression, there was a stock market crash that was called Black Tuesday. It's basically what kicked off the Great Depression. October 28th, 1929 saw the stock markets lose 12.82% in just one day. 12.82%. I don't know if you know this, but March 16th, 2020, just last week, which is so far the worst day during this current crash, the Dow Jones saw a free fall of 12.93%. That's worse than that day in 1929. It's the second worst day in history after the crash of 1987, which had a single day crash of 
in the history of the Dow Jones, if you take the five worst days for losses, the five worst days over the last, whatever it is, 100 years, actually, I think it's more than 100 years, but the five worst days, two of them occurred in the last 10 days. That would be March 12th, which was just shy of a 10% loss, and March 16th, which was 12.93. We're seeing daily losses of 3 to 4%. Friday, the Dow fell almost another 5%. These are major, significant losses over a very short period of time. And there's no real end in sight yet. That's why everybody's freaking out about us going into a recession. And I think that unknown of what's to come, that unknown is what's really scaring people the most, probably more than the fear of actually getting sick. As we know, most people who get this virus don't have major complications. They have minor symptoms, uh, and they end up just staying home and and being okay after a few days or or a week or, or whatever. But when we as people have to face the unknown, that's what causes the panic and the stress. People not knowing if they'll have a paycheck next week or next month. People not knowing if they'll have any toilet paper in their house next week. These are very real concerns. People not knowing where their next meal is coming from. How will I pay my mortgage? The electric bill? The car loan? And I don't think that fear of the unknown is just because of this pandemic. I think that's just life in general. People panic whenever they're faced with the unknown. They panic whenever something doesn't go according to a plan. Whenever there is uncertainty in the future. Think about the stress of college kids trying to figure out what they want to do with their life. Think about the fears that soon-to-be parents struggle with during their first pregnancy. Psychologically, humans have always panicked over the unknown. Even with the death of a loved one. Think about what is more shocking to friends and family. Is it more traumatic when someone dies in a car accident in their 30s or 40s? Or is it more traumatic when 95-year-old grandma dies in her sleep in hospice care? This is how human psychology works. We're always afraid of the unknown. And with this coronavirus pandemic, nobody knows how bad it's going to be or how long it'll last. Our efforts of social distancing may or may not be as effective as we hope, but it's, again, still too early to know. For a while, it appeared to be primarily affecting elderly people and those with pre-existing conditions. But now, at least in the U.S., it's starting to cause us to scratch our heads a little bit because the hospitalizations are spreading across all age groups and demographics. Sometimes regardless of any pre-existing conditions at all. And nobody really knows why. Again, fear of the unknown. Because it's something like 40% of hospitalizations in the U.S. are under 50 years old, 40% less than 50. That's quite a bit more than what we would expect if 
this was really only causing problems for those with other health issues. The CDC has said that it's going to take 12 to 18 months to develop a vaccine, even with this fast track that they are trying to push with studying this thing, figuring out how to prevent it, doing everything in their power to go as fast as they can to get a vaccine out. They're still saying 12 to 18 months. Worst case scenarios suggest that this could be what our world looks like well into the summer months or perhaps even beyond. All the schools are closed across the country. All schools are closed. And originally the plan was they're going to shut down for like a month. We're going to do some online classes. Well, now, like only only about a week later, now we're talking about a very real likelihood that the school year's over. Schools will not go back into session prior to summer is kind of the direction that this is going anyways. But again, that's still all up in the air. It's all unknown. If this is what our world looks like well into summer, there's all kinds of things that are going to happen. We watch these numbers of confirmed cases and death tolls continuing to rise. It's already causing lots and lots of panic in our society. So the question, of course, is what are we supposed to do? On a program like this, Third Degree Mind, we... I'm not trying to tell you how to survive a pandemic. That's not my goal here. My goal here is and always has been our mental health. How do we avoid this fear and this panic and the anxiety of what am I going to do if I get this? What if grandma gets this? What if my brother gets this? What if my significant other gets this? What if my kids get this? How do we handle that? How do we respond to all those things? Well, I think the first thing that we need to do anytime we're faced with the unknown, not just with this pandemic, but anytime we're faced with the unknown, we have to recognize, number one, that it is unknown. We do not know the future. We don't know what will happen tomorrow or next week or next month or next year. But when we fool ourselves with predictions and trying to remove that element of mystery, we actually are causing more damage to our minds because if we're wrong and the plans failed, that becomes detrimental. A lot of people right now are upset at politicians like Trump and the CDC, the World Health Organization, because going back to January, February, some of these people, these leaders, a couple months ago, we're talking about how COVID-19 was no big deal and there was nothing to worry about. For one thing, people believed that. But now it is a big deal and people are remembering that we were told it wasn't a big deal. We were told it wasn't a big deal when nobody really knew how big of a deal it was. Another problem here is that there are lots of people out there who are in denial about the severity of this pandemic because they're drawing back on what Donald Trump told them in January, that there was nothing to worry about, that we had it under control. So they aren't hearing the new updates that it's not under control. It's a problem. It's a pandemic. 
It's dangerous. It's spreading rapidly. We don't know how to contain it. We don't know how to control it. We don't know how to treat it. We don't know how to prevent it. But people are ignoring those updates because they're focused on what the message was two months ago. When we are told something and then things change, it leads to more confusion and more problems versus if we had just accepted from the get-go that the situation was unknown and it had lots of variables, we didn't know what was going to happen, maybe that would have been better. I don't know. We have to accept what is unknown. Right now, today, March 22nd, nobody knows how this virus is going to react to the changing of seasons. Lots of places, like here in Las Vegas, we're warming up in the coming weeks as we come into summer. Las Vegas heats up quick. It was about 50 degrees last week, and it's supposed to be about 80 degrees next week. No joke. We were in the 50s just a few days ago, and our forecast for several days into the future, leading into next week, we have days 79, 80 degrees. Lots of people are hopeful about that heat slowing down or even killing off the virus. But folks, there's countries out there like Australia, which are already hot and humid, southern hemisphere, opposite seasons of what we have. Australia are already hot and humid. Singapore's another one. They're seeing this virus still spreading like wildfire. We are suggesting that this virus will die, will die down in hotter months because that's what we see with other viruses, such as influenza. But we don't really know that COVID-19 is going to react that way. In fact, it kind of seems like it might not be affected by heat at all. But when people say things like, calm down, it's going to get better in summer because heat will kill it, when we don't really have any solid evidence to believe that, it's just an assumption at this point. Well, if it gets to be 100 degrees here in Vegas in a few weeks, and it just continues to spread, you end up with even more panic and a lot more pissed off people that it's not gone away yet. We shouldn't be sitting here spreading uh, false hope, I guess is a way to call it, that it's just going to die down in another month or two because it's going to get hot out and that's going to kill it. We need to stop spreading those types of myths. Yes, we all hope that happens, but we don't know that that's going to happen. It's more practical and beneficial to recognize that which is unknown. Recognize that it is unknown. Admit it. John Lennon said, unknown is what it is. Except that it's unknown, and it's plain sailing, everything is unknown, and then you're ahead of the game. So folks, that's step one, accept the unknown. Step two, I think it's important that we recognize what is and what is not within our control. If you think about a college kid looking at their future, they have some things within their control and other things not. They can choose their major, but they can't choose to make an industry boom and have lots of jobs for that major. Journalism is a perfect example. 
If they want to major in journalism, great. That's your choice. That's within your power, within your control. But that 20-year-old college student does not have any influence over the fact that journalism is a dying industry for many different reasons. They want to major in philosophy. That's their decision. But are there really lots of jobs in that field? What can they do with that major? They can control what they study and what major they pursue, but they can't control getting a six-figure job with a degree that most places don't care about. The same is true with this pandemic. We cannot control if we get this virus. But we can take steps to minimize our individual personal risk. Steps to minimize our chances of spreading it to someone if we do have it unknowingly. Recognize what is in your power and what is not. That recognition of your limits is critical to your perception and your ability to cope with this situation or or any situation dealing with fear of unknown circumstances. Fear of an unknown or unsure future and how we handle it is what is critical to your perception and ability to cope. If you try to take on too much control, you have a much higher chance of blaming yourself if you do get this illness or if you spread it to someone else. You have a much higher chance of depression and anxiety if your plan to control this pandemic within your household goes unsuccessful. Realize what you can and can't control. That's step two. My third step for you is to accept failure as an option. Now, this is a tough pill to swallow, but for our individual mental health, I think it's important that we take this part seriously. Once you've accepted what you can and can't control, the next thing to accept is the fact that you may get COVID-19. And that is out of your control. Despite doing what you could do to minimize risk, you have to accept the reality that you can still get sick. In other situations, when we're faced with the unknown, we have to approach the situation by understanding that failure is an option. Being laid off from a job can happen to anyone for any number of reasons. But if you accept that it's outside of your control and you accept that it's a possibility, your mental health will be much better if it does happen. Now, to be clear, I'm not saying that you'll brush it off and be like, oh, it's not a big deal. Because obviously things like losing your job or getting COVID-19 are bad things and they are a big deal. But your mental health and your outlook on the bad situation begins with your perception. Life is full of ups and downs, folks. You already know this. And if you look at someone who is truly happy in their life, their happiness is not because bad things never happened to them or because they never faced any real challenges. It's because their perception and their worldview is different from those who are miserable. So step three 
accept failure as an option. Step four, embrace change. The one thing that is constant in our lives, folks, is change. Think about that. The only thing that is constant is the fact that everything changes. Every day. Every moment has the potential for change, both good and bad. Embrace it. We live in a world of constant change, and at many times that change is very disruptive. Look at the world that we live in now. Look at this pandemic. It's caused some massive changes, and those changes are very disruptive to our lives. But remember my second step, which was recognizing what is and what is not in your control. The fact that your favorite restaurant is now closed indefinitely was not remotely within your control. So what good is it to stress over the fact that it's closed now? Your world changed. Not because of anything you could control, but because of many things that you could not control. So challenge yourself to embrace that change. And you might be thinking to yourself, how do I embrace these negative changes to daily life? This is a bad thing. How do, I, how do you want me to embrace that? There is always a way to embrace change, my friends. If the change you are looking at is the restaurant not being open, perhaps this is an opportunity to spend more time with your significant other making a home-cooked meal. Take this quarantined opportunity to work on other things in your life. If you're trapped and isolated within your own home, there's no need to feel trapped by that fact. The fact that you're now a shut-in is probably out of your control, but if you're not sick and resting 24-7, and you have the energy and the ability to do things, then take the opportunity to do some things in your own house. Clean out that room that you've been wanting to do for a while. Work on cooking some home-cooked meals. Watch that Netflix show or documentary that you've wanted to watch, but you haven't found the time. When change comes and disrupts your life, the key to your mental health and your mental well-being is how you embrace it. It's about looking for the silver lining, looking for the good things in life, the good side of things. Maybe there's a project in your home that you haven't found the time to do. Painting, fixing that kitchen cabinet that's been wobbling for months. I don't know, every situation is different, and each of you is faced with a different set of circumstances and a different reality, a different kind of disruptive change. But all of us can look at that situation that we are in and find a way to embrace that change. That's what I'm challenging you to do, because embracing those changes, that's a key to happiness, my friends. So step four, embrace change. Step five, my final step, practice mindfulness. Quiet your mind. This is perhaps the most difficult step, but one of the most universally important to improving your mental health. Don't overwhelm yourself with trying to adapt to changes in new environments. Our thoughts 
have a huge influence on how we live our lives. Our fears, like this fear of the unknown, keep our minds very busy with spinning and sometimes dark thoughts 24 hours a day. You have to quiet your mind. Solo meditation with a cup of peppermint tea, that's one of the things that I've done. Just 20 minutes a day. Put on some soft music, jazz if you like jazz, classical music, something soft and quiet, relaxing. Sit in a dark, quiet place and just relax. Focus on the sound of your breathing. Focus on keeping it steady and consistent. Quiet your mind. Maybe there's something that works better for you than meditation. Maybe it's exercising or going for a walk, going for a run, going hiking. Something that takes your mind off the stress and disrupts your daily routine of having to focus on where you can go to buy toilet paper during this outbreak. It's the only way to quiet your mind and reduce the stress. It takes a commitment and hard work to retrain your mind so that you have peace and can successfully manage the noisy thoughts. Think about the other steps. Think about the fact that the unknown is what makes life what it is. Think about the fact that we cannot control everything that happens in our world. We have to accept that life is full of failures and disruptive change. But we can always control our response to any situation, our perception, and embrace what is happening around us. Because one day, we'll look back on all of this and tell the generations behind us about what happened in the world during 2020. And they'll never believe it because they maybe weren't here. But it'll always be a piece of us and our experience. Those collective experiences of life, good and bad, are what make us who we are. My friends, value who you are. Embrace who you are. Embrace what your past has done to you and make yourself better because of it. This concept of mindfulness is the best strategy of managing an overstressed mind. One of my favorite quotes, To quiet the mind is not to eliminate thoughts, but to soften their hold on us. To make the right choices in life, you must get in touch with your soul. To do this, you need to practice solitude, which most people are afraid of. Because it is in the silence that you hear the truth and know the solutions. Stay healthy, my friends. Thanks for being here uh, to listen today. And we'll be back in a few days. Have a fantastic week. Hey, it's Jay, creator and host of Third Degree Mind Podcast. Thanks for listening to today's episode. I wanted to close really quick by reminding you that Third Degree Mind is produced primarily for entertainment purposes and is not intended to treat or diagnose any mental illness and is not intended to replace clinical psychiatry. I am not a licensed therapist or physician, so if you feel that you need mental health treatment, 
please always seek that appropriate care in your area. If you're feeling actively suicidal, please call 911 or take yourself to an emergency room. If you're in the U.S., you can contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline 24-7 at 1-800-273-8255 or contact them using their online chat service at suicidepreventionlifeline.org. And once again, they are available 24-7.